In the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. I have to tell you about a game my wife and I play that regards faith. When we want each other to do each other, when we want each other to do a favor for one another, we will ask, and hopefully that person will remember to do the other thing. And a common kind of funny thing, which communicates a little seriousness, is we will always say, "O ye of little faith." And it seems like more often than not, it is me that is asking for forgiveness that night. For doing and making that statement, but when it's a common uh, line that we use in our marriage, O ye of little faith. As we consider faithless this morning, let us look to the lyrical poet and prophet Bon Jovi, who also says, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith. And then we also have very good actors, famous actors like Morgan Freeman who, if you have seen in interviews, will actually say, oh, I am a man of faith, but it has nothing to do with religion. Faith is a concept in our day and age, and in many days and ages for that matter, that has been misconstrued or not understood. Well, thankfully, today, as you heard the reading of Hebrews 11, we get to consider what actual biblical faith faith looks like for us Christians. And we have to do a little contextual work for get there, but the main purposes of the sermon today, what we are going to look at is we are going to de- define a core element of faith based on the three, the very, the very first verse of Hebrews 11, and then we're going to talk about what faith does and look at three characteristics of faith in action based on it playing out in our lives. So that's what we are in store for today, but we have to do a little contextual work before we define faith and look at the characteristics of faith. We have in its or the first 16 verses that you heard read in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, which is all about faith. And if you look at chapter 11 in its entirety, the first three verses are actually a written down definition of what Christian faith actually looks like. And it doesn't stop there. It actually pours over into verse 12 a little bit. But all of these lines we have to recognize are actually an illustration of something that was pointed out in in chapter 10 of the letter to the Hebrews. And there's one verse I will expound upon, which is what all of 11 flowing over into Hebrews 12 is all about when it's trying to explain what faith is. The 17th verse of chapter 10 says this, and God will remember their lawless deeds and their sins no more. Meaning that by our relationship with God by the grace he gives us through his life, through his death on the cross, and through his resurrection. We are granted grace. And if we go and borrow a line from another epistle, Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this, And we know that grace of God through faith. 
And it is both grace and both faith are gifts to us by God. And it is not in our own works that we may not boast about what we are doing, but what God is doing in our lives. These are the big two contextual factors we need to know before we actually dive into chapter 11 and talk about faith. That it comes through the cross of Christ, through his grace, from his resurrection, and from that faith is born into us. And they are both gifts to us from the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So knowing that foundational important part, let us dive into Hebrews 11. Let us first talk about a core element we see in the very first verse of chapter 11, and then we will talk about three aspects or characteristics of faith in action. One thing you see right there from the get-go and what's printed in your bulletins is that now faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. And it's something that I saw and really stuck out to me this week as I was really getting into Scripture and, and different things and putting the sermon together is the word hope, the things hoped for. And if we want to consider hope in our lives, we must realize that within our hearts, in our lives, to actually hope for something, there has to be a level of discontentment within our hearts and minds that leads us to want to hope for something better. It doesn't come from just being content. There actually has to be some sort of discontent there for a longing for hope to be born. For example... If you are a single person and you have always wanted to be married, there, there is something not right, seemingly right, which makes you long for, you are discontent with the single life, and then you are hoping for or longing for what a marriage or a companionship may bring you. Or if you are married and find yourself in a troubled marriage that is unsatisfactory, there is discontent there, and it actually leads to hoping that it will get better. Or if you find yourself broke and wanting more money, your heart is discontent and you hope to make or to receive more money. That's something to re re that sets us up in its a core element of faith. That it is born out of discontent in the heart that leads us to thinking there has got to be more than this. There has got to be something bigger than this. There's got to be something better. It's a foundational element of faith which helps us to define what Christian faith is. Knowing the context that we talked about, our grace from Christ, and then how it, it births faith in all of us, and defining it a little bit with that core element, let us now move to the three characteristics of faith. And those three characteristics are that faith anticipates a better day, that two, faith acts, that faith moves, and that three, faith always perseveres when it is by God through Christ always perseveres. So let's look at that first characteristic of faith in action, that it always anticipates a better day based upon the longing for the promises of Christ. We heard right after the first three verses, there is a long list of some of the big names from the Old Testament. And it says, 
recognizing each one of them in Hebrews 11 all the way through Hebrews 12 by faith. These people were what they were and did what they did by faith, by faith, by faith. As we consider how faith anticipates a better day, we consider the story of Enoch. If you know Enoch in Genesis, he was walking with God and around, and he had a powerful and strong testimony. And around the age of 65, it says that he did not taste death, that God actually just took him in whatever form of mystery, and he didn't actually die the death that most humans would. A hint of everlasting life and the continued testimony of the life of Enoch, if you will. As we anticipate the better day on the promises of God, we hear there will be no more death, no more starvation, no more pain, no more suffering. We consider what death and brokenness in our life mean. Enoch and his life didn't actually have to physically taste it. Jesus beat it. and He took the sting away from it where I remember... Two weeks ago, Ashley and I were traveling back from our vacation with her family up in Myrtle Beach. And we had done a fairly good job of putting our cell phones in a drawer and turning them off, just disconnecting from the world, just being with those that we were around and relaxing. And as we would get back in the car to drive home and as the boys would take a nap while we were driving, we would turn on the phones and turn the radio back on. And from social media to what we heard on the news, it just hit us very heavily. I saw from friends, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, 10-year-olds that had lost their lives to various diseases and accidents. And of course, all the news was about the tragedies in Texas and Ohio. And it just, when you've been unplugged from it, it just hits you. And there's a heaviness on it when, when it rushes in. We talked about it briefly, but I have found great solace in the faith in action and how it anticipates a better day and the promises of God that those moments of brokenness, that we hear about it seemingly on a daily basis, that that is what our faith does. We anticipate the promises of God. We see it in Enoch not having to taste death because of what Jesus did for him. It's just one of the many ways that we can anticipate a better day by grace through faith. The second of those characteristics was movement. Our faith because of what Christ has done for us. And as we recognize our discontent and as that gets replaced with a new life, a new creation and wipes us clean. Our faith doesn't just sit still and become stagnant. It actually moves. And we see some stories of that in, in, through these examples that we have. Consider Noah. Noah was told by God, hey, I want you to build a ship a thousand times too big for your family. And I want you to fill it with animals. And it's going to be 500 yards or 500 miles from the closest body of water. And we hear that God or that Noah did it. Faith in action, anticipating a new day of what is to come. Can you imagine what Noah at the, at his neighbors were saying about him at the time? You're going to do what? How far from water? How big of a ship? They probably thought he was a little loony. But as we consider faith, 
What may look like something absurd becomes something extraordinary and real in the hands of people by grace through faith. Look at what Noah was able to do. One of the great stories, which comes a little later, that points to Joshua, a little after verse 16, and we consider the battle of Jericho, where Joshua comes after Abraham, and he has to go to the people and say, hey, Abraham's gone. I'm the next in line, and God told me not to look for an army of trained soldiers, but I have to recruit a band to go into battle. So if you can sing or play an instrument, I need you to come, and I'm not going to give you a weapon, but we're going to go to war and march around the city, and that's how we will win the victory. Doesn't that sound absurd? But in faith, by grace through faith, anticipating a better day, faith in action, it's just another story of how we see what God can do in us and through us if we know that discontentment in our hearts by grace through faith. And that leads us to our, to our final characteristic of faith, which is perseverance. We hear this great line of saints. Uh, and if I just remember off the top of my head from 11 all the way through 12, you've heard some of them, Cain and Abel, Abraham, Joshua, Esau, Sarah, Rahab, all the way through the prophets, it mentions what a great Old Testament history that makes the foundation for all of this. What Christ came to do and what they could do because they acted in faith by his grace. Both free gifts that we never deserved and yet that are freely given to us as followers of Christ. Our faith in action perseveres. We have this lineage of all these old, great Old Testament people in 1880, the Church of Our Savior was founded by the professor Calvin Stowe and his wife Harriet Beecher Stowe. In faith, them and a group of people had a Bible study right here in the Mandarin area. And then an Episcopal bishop and priest, they would come together and start this church and it has been acting in faith, growing in the knowledge of Christ since that time up until this day, 2019, and it goes on and on. As we leave verse 11 or chapter 11 and head into chapter 12 of Hebrews, it actually has this beautiful turn that says, all of those names you have just heard, and then you today, let us continue growing in faith increasing in faith, anticipating the better day to come on the promises of God, moving and always persevering. There's a little part in verse 13 which talks about how all of those names we hear, some mentioned in the sermon and some not, that they, they were living this life of faith. But it would actually be that they would die not fully realizing what the promises of God were on this side of eternity. And that tells us we, we press into this life of grace and we press into this life of faith and we serve God, but we may, it, it may not happen the way we expect it to happen, like some of these Old Testament people, and yet the faith perseveres. 
Whether we in our time see the full promises of God or if we join those that die and realize the promises when we get to experience God in the next life and life everlasting, that's what faith is. And that's what faith does. And it's the assurance of hope that we look forward to. And the beautiful part of that, the Old Testament names we heard, the founders of this church and all church and those that have come season after season living after this life of faith, their stories aren't lost. They're just added to the legacy that points to Christ by grace through faith. What a beautiful thing we remember today. The foundational element of faith, discontent in our heart and how it leads us to look to God. And from that relationship, we look to a better day. We anticipate it. Our faith moves as God changes us from within and it just oozes out of us and then it perseveres. I don't know how you arrived today. If your hearts are empty, may God meet you and increase your faith. May your hearts by the Holy Spirit be full. If you come heavy laden and feeling heavy guilt, may it be taken from you and may you know forgiveness. May you know this grace through faith. May it change you and may it change the world around us. Thanks be to God for the faith he makes possible for all of us. Amen.